0: cryptocurrency, the big bad wolf. That's what we're talking about on this episode of The Monkey Business Show. Mauricio Samaniego is our guest, and he is an expert on cryptocurrency, although he may not accept that title. I'll give it to him. He's got a leg up on the competition. Eric wanted to pit up Richie against Mauricio in a new school versus old school investing contest. So this episode is where that challenge begins. So who's going to win, Richie or Mauricio? We'll see. Market analysis, cautionary tales, and of course, Richie's picks. It's a good one. Welcome into to the Monkey Business Show. I'm Aaron Hodges. Always with me, Richie Bennett. Hello, Richie. How are you, Aaron? I'm pretty good. And Eric Salzman. Things are going well, Aaron. It's the end of 2020. I haven't left my house in like a month and a half. Yeah. What are you doing to keep busy over there? I can't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Some nefarious things going on in the Salzman household. it is new year's eve as we record this before we get into all things financial i gotta pick your guys brains for suggestions on movies to watch because a movie marathon that's on the docket today so is there anything that maybe we should slide into that rotation
1: well you know we uh always love to quote the godfather if you did has the wife seen the godfather
0: she has and actually i was watching a little bit of godfather 2 yesterday
1: so, you can get all three in, and it would only take you about nine or 10 hours.
0: <laughs> take the whole day, yeah. <laughs> I mean, take the whole day.
2: Well, you buy the one that's, um, you know, when they put them all together. All de- like we always yeah, say, like God- no. Godfather 3 is in, in Infomnia. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they've, they, they, they sl-
1: they've spliced it up so that there's a version where it shows from chronological order. So, it takes from all three. Oh, we weird. Them, weird. And they, yeah, they try to, like, make it. It's not. It doesn't work. I, I don't think.
0: So yeah. you've you've seen it.
1: Yeah, parts of it.
0: That must be really confusing.
1: It is because then you don't know what's going on, right? Half the time, if you if it's the first time you're watching, you're not. You're like, who's that guy? Yeah, oh, that guy comes in later. That oh, okay. Who's that yeah. lady?
2: I like though the the one that they did where they put together one and two. I liked. um I liked all of it the, because they put out that for the spliced one. I mean, for the one they put together, they put in a lot of outtakes. They put yeah. in stuff that didn't make it. It was really good, which showed you what an awesome film it was. That they both were, what was it, two at least two and a half three hours yeah. like together. They're like yeah, and and there was still great stuff that was left on the floor. Because yeah. They just had to cut stuff, and uh, and actually, it gives a lot of background to, to characters you see in Godfather Two a lot of this gives you the background of how these guys like how did Hyman Roth get involved in this whole thing and you kind of see Hyman Roth as a kid and blah blah so that's good and then um yeah we we're just talking so, so Ma Rainey's black is it Ma Rainey's black bottom I think that's it yeah that is a, that that's spectacular you'll maybe want to kill yourself when you're done because it's very <laughs> depressing but uh, it's a it's a good one
0: <laughs> that's usually what I go to entertainment for uh, like <laughs> as depressed as I can be I, I always want to go darker you know <laughs> And maybe
1: put in uh, at the end, you know, another classic of ours is uh, if you're if you're feeling down and sad, maybe uh, Fletch or uh, Fletch or Caddyshack, the first I mean, one. Caddyshack, oh,
0: Caddyshack is a good one. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah, that. The, the first either. ones,
1: the first
2: ones. They make sequels that are not good. Uh huh. All right. Animal House, first, the first ones are good. Yeah. Animal House. Go. I remember the name of it. There's a show. I think it's on Netflix or Amazon. It's um, it's basically the two guys who created um, National Lampoon. It's about uh-huh. it's, it's a fictional. I mean, it's a dramatization of it and it's hysterical and it shows you how animal house was born. And then the guy, and I, I should have had his name in front of me, but I don't, the guy who ended up killing himself, jumping off a cliff, he thought Caddyshack was a disaster mm. and he didn't live to see that it could become a cult classic. Like he thought Caddyshack was just a complete fucking mess where, I mean, you think of all the guys involved and you think of all the drugs and all the like, I mean, it was just a nonstop party, but they managed to make something hilarious. That everybody loves. And yeah, he, he, he went to, he died not knowing that it was a become a, a big, as big a classic as animal house or bigger. It's a damn shame. So yeah. I was able to put a depressing spin on even that <laughs> one. <laughs>
0: I guess I got to watch it now. We'll get Caddyshack in there. It's been a wild year. We're going to be bringing in a an expert on cryptocurrency in a little bit, Mauricio Mauricio Samaniego. See, I thought it was going to be the last name that tripped me up, and I tripped up on Mauricio. <laughs> Mauricio. But, uh, we're going to bring him in in a little bit. But first, let's start with, uh, from your guys' perspective, just kind of like a year in review as far as the market and where we're going in 2021. Let's start with Eric.
2: <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, obviously an an unprecedented year, you know, we came into the year and actually you got to remember the the economy was slowing down as we came into 2019 stocks doing great, but the economy was slowing down um, just due to the fact that eventually all economies slow down at some point. They can't grow forever. And also, that remember that was when um, we were having a lot of issues with international trade with China and, you know, that, that was starting to really, you know, that was starting to drag on the economy the two thousand seventeen tax cuts were starting to fade, you know. Um and uh and then but the markets were doing fine as far as uh, stocks, and then COVID hit and obviously we just had this you know unprecedented uh wipeout. Um, you know, and as for the financial markets, you know, when you get into mid March, I mean it was it was the scariest I've ever seen. them, I mean I mean, Richie and I were trading in the ninety eight and we were trading in oh seven, oh eight and uh, you know, I, I thought I had seen it all. Um, but this was just an outright, you know, complete the markets were completely melting down in every in every way, shape, and form. And then of course the Fed and Treasury came in with just massive, unprecedented um stimulus, uh bailouts, um programs uh, to 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 bring liquidity back into the treasury market, treasury bond market, the corporate bond market, the high yield bond market, all is that what we had gotten into and, and a few of us were ringing the bell that there was a lot of leverage and a lot of risk being taken again and again by a lot of Wall Street banks that were going to be in trouble if something blew up um, and obviously something blew up. But what happened was once the Fed came in and with Treasury because they need they need the Treasury behind them for a lot of these programs and just basically said we're we're buying everything you know we're going to buy high grade corporate bonds even some uh, junk bonds we're going to buy municipal bonds we're going to buy you know obviously Treasury bonds they're buying 80 billion of them a month uh, they're buying 40 billion of mortgage backed securities a month. They give it whatever it takes, and the markets from that point on, it just didn't seem to matter. Well, let's say that I think that the you know the market really did start turning around with the with the retail investor this time, and we've talked a lot about Robinhood, but a lot of people started buying things that didn't seem to make a lot of sense um, at the time, but it was such a force that it just it gradually just pulled everybody along with them. That being said, also, and Richie and I talked about this prior first show that you know the the big five, you know, Microsoft, Apple, Netflix, um, Google. Uh, Google. Did I say Amazon? Amazon, Google. yeah, they were doing fine. Like they were great. They actually did better. I think when it all comes down to it, in COVID, a lot better. Right. And those guys really led the kind of led the rally up. We had all kinds of crazy things happen. You know, we, we saw the price of oil in uh, April, April 21st. The, uh, the price of oil actually went to a negative $37 a barrel, which never happened before.
0: Yeah, that's something that, like, uh, you know, a casual observer like myself, I've never even heard of that. Has that ever happened before? No.
2: It never happened with oil. It happened with natural gas a couple of times. But oil, because it all has to do with storage. You know, at a certain point, is right. But it was. Uh, you're, we're going to figure out um, what really happened on that day because a lot of it, if you remember the movie Trading Places, you know where Eddie Murphy and Dan Dan Aykroyd are. You know they're letting the market crash on the Duke brothers, and yeah. then they come in at the right. That happened. Um, so Trading
0: Places is going in the rotation. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Not a one.
1: <laughs> And actually, oh, yeah. I um, w- when I was in the uh, my first job. We had a training program and they actually showed because if you watch it, right, you're not quite sure what's going on in that movie. Right. All the details. But they actually pointed out as we were learning the financial markets as a young 22 year old. I was that whoever consulted the the guys who made the movie were fantastic. So it was good enough to show that trading scene in our training program. So they would actually stop it. Yeah, you know, we had the old VCR. They'd start, this means he's selling. You know, this means he's buying. And it was great. I was like, oh, that's okay. Then now I got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's funny. Well, that, that really, I mean, I don't want to bog us down too much, but that, that really happened on April 21st, 2020. And um, what you'll what you'll notice is that all the smart guys, whether it was Goldman Sachs, whether it was, um, you know, the big, almost all the big oil companies that trade that actually trade oil as well. Hedge funds, companies like Glencore, which are just gigantic commodity trading companies. Um, and nine guys, nine guys in, um, the, the town of Essex in the UK, they had a thing called, I think they were called Vega. They made on that day, nine guys, $660 million dollars. These are nine blokes now, Glenn, uh, and these are they're oil. They were oil traders, right? I mean, they knew what they were doing. Like they really knew what they were doing. But to make six hundred and sixty million, and you, like, these guys are all probably pretty wealthy. But you can't put a bet on to make six hundred and sixty million in a day, unless you're your Goldman Sachs or your British Patrol. You're somebody that's got a lot of money, a lot of capital, because. If you can make 660, it probably it's a bet we can lose 50 or 60. So all kinds of very crazy things happened on that day. It's still being, it's being investigated. But anyway, so that, yes, that's a, that, that is a trading places really happened. And when you watch trading places and then start reading about, and then I'll give you some stuff to read about. We'll talk, maybe we'll talk about it as a show, but it, it's the same thing. Minus the comedy. A lot of monkey <laughs> business. Yeah. But anyway, so the, the year went on and the markets pretty much, uh, you know, financial markets pretty much, you know, just kept just kept making new highs. We had a couple of little blips there and there, but we finished um, the year. Uh, the, certainly this this week we had new highs in the S&P, um, new highs in the Nasdaq. A couple of interesting statistics. Uh, I saw this in the Wall Street Journal earlier this week. So margin debt which is when people borrow against their own portfolio, they leverage themselves up and they borrow against their own portfolio of stocks In an all-time high is at $722 billion.
0: So what does that tell you?
1: <clears throat> so, Aaron, do you know the show, um, the the 60s sci-fi show, um, Jesus, no, I just forgot the name of it. Twilight Zone? No. Uh, Lost in Space.
0: <laughs> I, I know of it.
1: Yeah, I know of it so the robot right the robot every once in a while when there's a problem waves his arms and turns orange and goes danger danger (laughs) that that would be a good uh time now to have that robot when you see numbers like that it never it never ends well when the margin debt is at a record because people are just like dude just borrow money Borrow money against it. It's going up. It always goes up. This is the easiest money. It, I, I saw the same article, Eric. I think that was the one where the guy who was not yeah. doing so well. He's like 60 something years old. He's like, I wasn't doing so well financially a couple of years ago, but I put 23 grand in the Tesla options and now I got two million bucks. Yep. <laughs> he's like bought a house for his daughter. He's like yeah.
2: rolling it. Yeah. And he's, and, but here's the other thing, because you remember we talked about this the last show that, you know, we talked about the, the danger of, um, leveraged, uh, ETFs and ETNs. Remember the, when Richard kind of told us that you probably shouldn't be doing these anyway. But if you're going to do them, it's a one day trade because the way they're set up is it's, it's set up for the, for, for that day's performance and then it has to rebalance. So it's, it's a little complicated, but these are instruments that are not buy and hold instruments levered. Uh, ETFs and ETNs and inverse, which means you bet that it's going to go down. Um, hit another uh, the highest level of participation since 2008.
0: That's so, that sounds like a good thing, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> remember, like yeah, you know, we,
2: you know, we talked about leverage ETFs or ETNs, uh, exchange traded funds and exchange traded notes. Not to keep using acronyms. Um, we talked about that on the last episode. We didn't talk about the inverse. The inverse is the same thing, right? Because if you're betting on it going down, if it goes up 100% in a day, you're done, right? <laughs> you, your, your investment goes to zero, and this has happened. Happened with the, this thing called the VIX. The thing, the reason is, is and the, so the reason it's, it's levered like this also is because all right, what if it goes up 115% in a day, right? If you, if your investment's zero, the guy who runs the ETF or the ETA, you know, Barclays, let's say, can't go to you and say, Hey, you owe us another 15 bucks. Cause you know, this thing, they lose money. But anyway, so those types of, um, leverage instruments combining with the margin debt hitting all, all high, all time highs. We are pretty, pretty leveraged up. As they say, two things I wanted to say, well, two things, then I'll, then I'll stop. Um, <laughs> one is that again, Whenever there's a big financial bailout, the street makes a shit ton of money. And there's an article in the Financial Times this week that uh, global banks made $125 billion this year in underwriting bonds, underwriting corporate bonds, and underwriting equities, like new issue equities. And everything that the Fed did and the treasury did made so this great environment where everything's going up and interest rates are hitting rock bottom. It was a so you had you had companies that were that saw they, they they saw like companies saw Jesus. I I, I need cash right. They were they were pull, they were drawing down on their lines with their banks. Big companies. I'm trying to which one did it. Like one one took it all down in one day. Like this is the kind of shit when when this happens, which was happening in March. You know things are getting really bad. And then after the Fed did what they did. They can come to the market and borrow money and get raised cash with bonds or, or syndicated loans. And therefore, there, it was a record year for issuance of, of bonds, of loans, of all this equity, IPOs, you know, initial public offerings like DoorDash and Airbnb and all the rest of it. So the street made a fortune, which is why Goldman Sachs is up, I think, from the low about 89%. Morgan Stanley, I think could be up over a 100% from the low. Um The big banks also, I mean, they have other stuff that's dragging them a bit, but the street does very well. When the economy and the financial system get bailed out, the street ends up doing very well and ain't going to give any of that money back. <laughs> so... Why yeah. not? I can use some. <laughs> uh, look... In the, in, the, in the old days, I'm surprised. Uh, I bet if I took uh, Bernie Sanders through this, he'd come up with a windfall profit tax, right? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's the, just to, you know, that, that you know, when you, you, I, I, you ask a very good question all the time of, you know, who, does uh, is, is the financial markets next to represent the state of the, the economy? And the answer is no. And it also creates this incredible bifurcation of, of the haves and the have-nots, is that, you know, the streets this time is trying to be really quiet about it, like, Oh, oh, nine, 10, They were like, fuck you. We didn't need your money. go fuck yourself. We're you know, it's like, yeah, because A, we, we saved your
0: life. Yeah. And right.
2: B, now the environment was set up for you to do just as they did this year. So there's, so
0: there's some humility there a little bit now. Yeah. yeah. We'll, yeah like don't, you know,
2: don't get us pinched. Like, you know, De- right. like De Niro said that the um, good fellows. but uh, that's what I got.
0: We're going to save Richie's specific picks. We're going to pit him up against our guest Mauricio. That's Eric's plan here. We're going to go old school, new school. Eric, I'll let you explain later. But Richie, anything you want to add to that before we get into um, yeah, the crypto cards? Eric cars? was
1: getting to it at the end there. It, it, people talk about like a V recovery. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the economy was, was hit with this pandemic, but it's going to come back like crazy. And parts of it has. Parts of it has. Just like the the markets, kind of some of those, many of the stocks have done a V type uh, move, you know, like just down and then back right up. The Nasdaq, which has most of the tech stocks, is up huge this year and it was way down. So if you've heard people call it like a K recovery, K is where like some of the people did really well, but others are still in shitsville. You know what I mean? Like, and so like the lower end jobs that were doing well before this pandemic for people who didn't have necessarily a college degree or something like that, those things are the toughest ones coming back now. Right. If you're if you're able to work on a computer remote from home anywhere in the globe and, you know, you can still be productive, then you're still getting paid and everything is fine. If you worked at a hotel and that hotel is closed or you worked at a restaurant and that. Restaurant is closed. You can't really do much there. It's reflected somewhat in the stocks. Like we were talking just about the humility with banks. I saw the guy who used to be a Goldman Sachs banker who ran for governor in the state of California and lost as a Republican. Neil Kashkari is his name. He's the, now the president <laughs> That's of. That's really his name. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's not spelled that way, but that, that's how I like to spell it. I say it. He is the president of the Minneapolis Fed, and he gets to vote on whether interest rates get lowered. And he drilled. It was pretty funny, actually. He, he was polite. I could tell. But he drilled the banks uh, the, the other day saying like because Eric and I were talking about it a lot in the beginning, like when the pandemic hit. All these talking heads, guys on TV, what have you, were like, you know, this is not a banking crisis like the one in two thousand nine. This is not. This is not two thousand seven. This is not two thousand eight. And Eric and I are like, dude, if every corporation taps their their credit lines, which they are absolutely one hundred percent able to do, where the hell is the banks going to get the money? So Cash Carry was saying. This is disingenuous by the banks for saying that they were okay. The only reason they were okay is cuz we came in with the on the white horses with the cash. We carried the cash. Cash
0: gear, yeah.
1: Cash gear. And right. and saved the banks and that's exactly what we were saying the whole time. And not until recently. Just recently the last 2 months, which could be good news for the markets. Just recently the bank stocks started coming back. So there were enough smart guys out there saying you know what? This is crap. Like these banks suck. Like if the Fed wasn't there, these banks would be shit. And the community banks are all afraid to, you know, the smaller community banks are afraid to loan money because they don't know if businesses are going to happen again. Right. So like that's why the Fed came in in and did stuff. And now that's why the new stimulus package has been passed because it's going to be new PPP loans for people. And who knows if they're going to be able to make it. They still say, you know, 50% of restaurants are going to go
2: away. And oh, just what one quick point, Rich, on PPP, is that's another way. that The big, mostly the big banks, they made hundreds of millions of dollars in fees mm. by just processing the the, right. the pay, pay, payroll protection program loans. This, that, that that they had, they were taking no risk. They just right. they, it was an operational. They pressed a the button. Yeah, they pressed a mm-hmm. the button, and they made and they got paid. To, like they, they basically had to be compelled to do it. It was like we'll take care of it. Don't worry about. It. We'll cover the operating costs, and we'll we'll let you make let you make something. As opposed to, yeah. hey, you know what? The country's blowing up. Maybe maybe you can help a little bit. So yeah, sorry, Richie, but that was I wanted to make no, that no, no, too. They made money there too. So what's going to happen going forward? We don't know. But but,
1: like Eric said, some of these bank stocks are up a lot from their lows, but not necessarily up on the year still. So if the if the S and P is up fifteen percent, which it is. The bank stocks are lower than that. They're not. They're not. You know. They're not. They're not uh, performing like the the regular market is. Still, same with energy. Energy stocks are shit. I like them now because I think there will be some stuff happening. But they've gotten destroyed. Even the big guys, Mobile, Exxon, they're all down like a ton.
0: So, if I'm hearing you guys right, there's some optimism, but there's reason for suspicion that things could go bad here.
1: Yeah, because if this money runs out. When this money runs out, because it's less money, right, than than the last CARES Act that the Fed that the Treasury gave and, and, the, and the Congress gave. So if it runs out in three months and these vaccines aren't kicking in like people thought, and we go down another, you know, shitstorm, I don't know what's left. I, you know, there, there's some tools, but I mean, are they just going to keep giving out stimulus packages, stimulus packages, stimulus packages? Because right. a lot, you know, even if they do, like we were saying that some of these places aren't going to be able to make it, you know, they just not, and the jobs don't
2: come back. The question there is, okay, so should the Fed bail everybody out again? Like, Hey, you know what? It wasn't your fault. You were, you were, you were invested in a very risky product and an act of God happened and you know, you would have lost all your money, but we came in, we, we stabilized the market. If you were dumb enough to start buying again, and by and by, knowing the risks of these things, and you, th- like, all right, let's, cause I, I mean, I, I look at different asset classes, but a lot of them, like, high, say they're called high-yield loans, this is leverage loans, where, like, they'll make a $3 billion loan to a, to a company that usually a private equity firm is taking private, so they finance the deal. This is a $1.3 trillion market, it's a big market, and... If you were bailed out and lucky enough that you didn't lose your shirt on those things, which you certainly would have if the Fed didn't do what they did. And then you got back in and you kept buying and buying and buying. And now we're, at, we're literally at the same level we were before, before COVID on the, on this asset class, as well as high yield bonds and, you know, stocks. Hey, you know what? Like talk about moral hazard. All right things turn to shitsville again. I, are we supposed to come in and bail you out again? Are we supposed to come in and buy out? Know? So this is a good way to, to segue into crypto. And with that, yeah. I'd love to uh, introduce Mauricio. Sa- now I'm going to screw your last name up. shit. So, so I, San Diego. Uh, I always say, it's uh,
3: think about saying San Diego. and then just San Diego. Because it's usually the last part that they, they, they really always mess up on. But, but yeah. the Where in the world are
0: you speaking to us from, Mauricio? I'm I'm currently in El
3: Paso, Texas right now. Oh, all right. That's right. Yeah, But yeah, touching on on cryptocurrency, um, you know, like Eric mentioned, I think uh, another important factor that, you know, we are in a time where people are actually starting to notice what central banks are doing around the world. I think social media especially has really helped kind of get this message out and uh, really demonize a lot of these central banks. Also, the, with the ability of them to now have access to, to Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, and all kinds of different assets, they're really starting to take action. I think they're losing uh, faith in the monetary system. This is a way to sort of start really jumping on the train and, and sort of finding a way to minimize that risk. So I, I think you will see uh, cryptocurrency is, is definitely here to stay. The biggest question right now, and I, I think you guys have touched on this before, is is this becoming more of a store of value or is it really, um, you know, a future into, you know, how we transact?
0: I mean, it's still a foreign concept to me as most of this stuff is cryptocurrency, but it has captured the imagination of people because I feel like there's still a punk rock slash outlaw type of feel to it. Just, I mean, just the word cryptocurrency gives that feeling to it. But it's definitely gone mainstream now. I mean, there's NBA players and NFL players that are taking half their salary in Bitcoin instead of uh, really? instead of money. So I think it's definitely been embraced in a major way. Yeah, no, definitely.
3: I think when we look at it from a transaction uh, transacting perspective, if you look at transactions, it's still not um, at the point where it's scalable enough to actually be able to use it on a daily basis. If you want to buy um a starbucks coffee for four dollars you have to pay a transaction of almost eight or nine dollars right now where we stand however where you are seeing it right now already taking place as a currency where you can transact it's more on like the high-end market for example in las vegas a lot of a uh, luxury vehicle dealerships are using bitcoin so people with a lot of money are sort of being able to use Bitcoin, um, you know, for transacting uh, for for big purchases. And so which kind of opens the question, um, is this also a place where maybe you you see like your um, higher classes as we make this progress into a more liberalized economy where, you know, they might raise taxes, they might come after you. Are they going to sort of use Bitcoin as a way to maybe, um, I don't know, maybe navigate uh, around yeah, for sure, and, and and maybe transact, you know, um, in a way where maybe they can hold a little more secrecy and, and people aren't really seeing everything they're doing. So so that's also a, you know a good way to look at why Bitcoin is is taking off. Obviously, at the end of the day, I do think there is a herd mentality. That's also following in, and, and, and it creates some of the, a lot of this volatility. Uh, because at the same time, you know, you are seeing uh, social media also contribute to like this. This it, it glorifies it, and, and I think it also leads to excess. Um, I also told Eric right before. At the end of the day, if we look at this on a broader scale, it's just a lot of money chasing too few assets. So. So it only makes sense and that, that right now you know everything is going up correlations for all coming together across major assets and it's like it's going up it sounds awesome it's the future uh one thing i do know is blockchain technology is
2: here to stay can you take us through because I, I like we we understand how the fed makes money or takes bakes puts more money in or takes money out what is the mining for mining for crypto like what 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 is it and 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 how does if you could just a little bit of how how that yeah. works and then how blockchain kind of works well, let's start with blockchain i mean blockchain is actually it's it's a pretty simple
3: concept but but all it really is is if you have a general ledger and every transaction is sort of being recorded, and 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 the difference is that every transaction kind of validates every other transaction coming in. And so you have really no possibility for any kind of manipulation, right? You, and but the neat thing is it eliminates any third party. You don't need a notary. You need someone in the middle, someone who's who's there to make the transaction. The general ledger itself is carrying every transaction. So, so it really becomes a part of this centralized system where you can really see how everything is taking place and, and there's really no way to break it and also, no way to really manipulate it, which is the neat thing, like I said. But at the same time, you know, it poses, you know, some risk for the way you know the financial system works now, because you'd essentially be eliminating a lot of the guys in the middle that, that are helping in the process. Um, as far as mining, you definitely need your miners, which is the community of pretty much people that are on computers with uh, uh, high computing power. You know, you know, very strong graphics cards, and and they're all mining with the purpose of also making some money, right? And then they're making money by getting that Bitcoin or getting that cryptocurrency when they're
2: mining. Well, what's, what's the mining? So when you say they're mining, what are they doing?
3: Well, they're essentially all coming together as a community, and they're putting their computing power together. The way Bitcoin works is, or cryptocurrencies is. If it, it's, it's got something called a hash rate. And so whenever the price starts going up, the price of the, the hash rate increases, meaning that as, as the price goes up, the computing power required to mine these Bitcoins. And when I say mining is they're essentially validating transactions. And by doing this, they get some Bitcoin for it. So they're getting paid by being the ones that are helping validate the transaction. So they get paid a little bit of Bitcoin. And so, but they're they're doing this and they're spending so much money on the computers because you need stronger computers. And the the funny thing is, as the price of the cryptocurrency goes up, it requires more and more computing power. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when they're mining, they're looking at their costs and they're saying, "Man, is it really worth it?" And for example, if if you see the uh, the cost it requires to run a high powered computing system, like it's it's pretty expensive in terms of energy. Mm-hmm. So they have to really believe that it's worth the computing power when you're seeing price levels like like the one you see now um and so they have to really believe it's that Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies in general have been continue to do well because they're essentially holding these uh, coins after the alignment. So I know that it could get a little complex. If you guys uh, have any, any questions, I can yeah,
2: clarify. It. I, I, I enjoy
0: little... uh, just peering at Richie's face every once in a while. You look very puzzled, and it looks like you got some things on your mind. He's not, he's not puzzled, he's figuring <laughs> it out.
2: That's, That's <laughs> on Richie, when you see Richie, he's, the, the, the mind is what. Yeah, working. right. So, Maurizio, uh, yeah. welcome. Now,
1: this concern I always hear about is this, uh, like the uh, potential for fraud and hacking and stealing out of your digital wallet. And there's no like, you know, recourse. Like if if you pay on a credit card and somebody steals your credit card, what the banks usually charge you like zero or fifty bucks, no matter how much the person who stole the card charges so i hear these nightmare stories about like my bitcoin was stolen is there something you worked on to like prevent that stuff
3: well i mean i think in the last two years the amount of fraud that has taken place in in the cryptocurrency industry is massive i think at some point you know i even i was laughing at this there were companies that were coming out and either changing their name or doing an ipo had nothing to do with cryptocurrency but they were putting crypto into their name or 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 something coin or something into their name and and i mean these were companies where if you look them up like they, they you know they were operating out of like this this abandoned building somewhere in the middle of nowhere and and the stocks were just skyrocketing simply because of the name and people were seeing you know oh crypto crypto bitcoin whatever it is and and i mean it was ridiculous so no, there's a lot of fraud. I think the exchanges themselves were also dealing with a lot of uh, you know issues in terms of fraud, a lot of manipulation, uh, just a lack of regulation, transparency. Uh, not to mention it was something that so many people didn't even understand. I mean, we're still trying to understand it. I, I do think that as we begin or continue to adopt it, it's going to really start opening the doors for a lot of people, a lot of organizations, institutions, the government to maybe come in and help regulate it which in reality should translate into you know a, a positive view going forward i think
2: like if you think about it and and, and it seems like every year technology gets faster and faster so if i i would normally say you think in 20 years but it's probably more like seven years well bit because obviously the, the biggest problem that i see with bit with with the cryptos um and the payment systems is that if you notice the payment systems work if it instantaneously converts the bitcoin or whatever crypto you're using into dollars Mm -hmm. that's kind of a well what's the what's the point right i'm gonna (laughs) gonna pay with bitcoin i may and i may pay a a, a fee on top of that the payment system that i use is going to convert but it immediately converts it to dollars and it does that because because bitcoin is so volatile that Mm -hmm. the merchant you know could sell something for you know five bitcoin and the next day five bitcoin went down you know 20 percent so let's say it's seven years from now mm-hmm. crypto is really they figured it out it works and I, I love your explanation of how, how they mine i think i get it now how they do it the actual mining and the creation now will it still be something that that just works side by side with fiat currencies like the dollar like like gold does i mean you could say right now that i could you know i could sell an ounce of gold for 1888 whatever it is right now uh an ounce but you're still convert It's you're still thinking of it in terms of the the, the dollar. So my question is, like, will it become a, just a nice, suitable hedge against the dollar, like gold is, like you know, for inflation and things like that, or will it actually take over? Like at some point, does the dollar diminish? You know, it, and, and now the currency, the, the store, the, the main store of value, becomes crypto. Do you see that happening? Yeah, well well I think uh the first question
3: that would have to be answered is what what do we think is happening to the dollar in the future? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely linked right now because the dollar continues to be you know the, the power currency of the world, but we do know that, that, you know, many countries are starting to really, you know, have this uh sort of war on the dollar, Russia, China and and obviously, you know, we're in a stage right now where we're taking a war against the dollar isn't Really, something anybody can afford right now. But eventually, down the line, I mean, first thing first, like I said, is where is the dollar going now? If we think the dollar is going to really start to lose its value going forward, then I do think you could see Bitcoin sort of start to detach from the dollar. Assuming that we're able to scale Bitcoin and and the the community of of these miners really grows enough to be sustainable when you have this consistent transaction validation taking place, and maybe it's it's possible that it would detach completely, and maybe even trade on its own. At the end of the day, you know the possibility that you could always come back and and convert into dollars. I think that's a possibility, but at least you could be maybe far away from the dollar to really. If you needed to, you know, minimize some of that fiat yeah, currency risk, then Bitcoin would be a place to stay and hide, and and hopefully, possibly also maybe you interact with them on a daily basis. Who knows? Maybe you get to the point where like, hey, I don't even need dollars. I mean, I I can buy things with Bitcoin. I, I'm getting paid in Bitcoin. You know, it it, it would be it, it really is an interesting question. So,
1: Mauricio, the, I've heard too that there's going to be like a cap on the amount of Bitcoin that could be made forever. So are these guys who are mining now, they're, they're racing to try to get under that cap?
3: Yeah. So, so, um, you know, the algorithm which was founded upon was uh, the idea is that it comes to a point where you can no longer mine any more coins. Now we're far from it, mm. but, but there is a, a, a fixed amount. And so that, that's sort of another, perk about cryptocurrency is unlike fiat currency you can't just create unlimited amounts of money and so that's, that's I guess a, a, you know, it's a source of value that helps validate the coin. The thing is to scale Bitcoin or cryptocurrency um, that is to make it more efficient and use it for transactions and stuff like that you need to fork it and a fork is it's sort of like a stock split so they're splitting uh, the cryptocurrency and usually it'll split into two now, you as a holder, you're still getting the same amount of, of your Bitcoin, but now you have an additional amount of some other cryptocurrency. So this is, you know, maybe I don't know if you've heard of like Bitcoin Cash or Bitcoin Gold. And so what happens there is, in my opinion, it sort of kind of weakens that argument because now you have other cryptocurrencies. And it's not a real cap. Yeah, so it's like if, I, if there's 13 cryptocurrencies... At the end of the year but at the beginning of the year we only had two or three but due to the forks, we now have you know a, a double the amount or triple the amount of cryptocurrencies i mean who's to say that that some of that value is not going to be uh, taken away from your main currency by these other currencies so you yeah, know it, it's it's still something that, that has to get worked out but in terms of say bitcoin that amount of that specific currency there's only so much you can mine and there's only so much that can be out there You know, I wrote about this, I think I showed you in 2017. I thought to myself, well, if if Bitcoin becomes big enough, right, at some point, I think someone, whether it be the central bank or the government, I mean, at some point, someone's going to have to come in because it might amplify maybe the weakness of the dollar. It might, at some point, really affect the way the monetary system works. Now, we're so far from that, too. I think Bitcoin... Would have to be like at a trillion, you know, in terms of uh, cap market cap. But I do believe it's possible at some point we become regulated. I, I think right now what's already happening is is the the ideas and and they might be very well in effect already. Is central banks are already working on their own uh, cryptocurrencies and uh, based on obviously blockchain technology. So. It, it, it's kind of interesting to ponder upon where, where uh, that's going to go. Are central banks eventually going to say, hey, you know, Bitcoin is, we're going to make this illegal. People are using it too much for illegal activities or for the dark web. I mean, they can find the excuses and justify it because it's there. It is used in the dark web. It, there is It is used for gambling. It is used to move money around and, and avoid whether it be taxes or, or to even money laundering. So, can definitely be justified by any government if they decide at any point that this is something that they need to, um, you know, eradicate. So I think that is still a real risk, Um, especially if they decide to create their own cryptocurrencies. And and at the end of the day, I mean, that would kind of be the same thing, you know, if if a central bank has their own cryptocurrency, but they're the one sort of controlling it, then, you know, what what really is the point? I, I guess from a technology perspective then yes the central bank has blockchain technology and that's a lot more innovative but in terms of being able to take power away from central banks i mean then we're really back step one
0: if we get into a place where governments are making up their own cryptocurrencies are we at the point where every currency has no meaning or value
3: yeah i mean we we're certainly i think going in we're in this era where we're sort of all trying to figure out what's going on with these currencies if you look i think at currencies today and everything going on i mean it's fair to say that people are losing faith in currency and governments and so you know is cryptocurrency the new thing, and and is, 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 is it providing some sort of hope for some people and and some glimpses of of optimism? Uh, I think that's you know part of what's taking place right now. Now, Mauricio, you, you uh, I assume you
1: you do some trading of the cryptocurrency. Do you? Um, yeah. buy and sell the actual coins or do you transact? I know there's the, uh, believe it or not, I actually made some money last year on this. I bought the ETF, which is uh GBTC. That's the grayscale Bitcoin ETF, which I think seems to be pretty liquid. You can get in and out, the trade's on exchange. It trade's like a stock. Uh, it's not the actual Bitcoin, but it tracks. Yeah. So do you play in the actual coin or? Yeah, uh,
3: well, um, you know, the way I look at um Bitcoin is, it's, I like to trade on some volatility, but for the most part, the holdings are more of a long-term kind of thing. I want to say I'm more of a cryptocurrency <laughs> enthusiast rather than an expert, uh, but but I am I, I consider myself more of a stock guy, you know, and so I, I, I trade more stocks and, and crypto, I... Here and there, but I see it more as a long-term investment. I, I don't like to look at it too much. I, I, I like to sort of just believe in the idea that I think it's it's going in the right direction. Um, and then I'll come in here and here and there when when the swings get a, a little too crazy, and and I'll either take some gains off the table or maybe add to my position. But where I trade the most, I think right now is, is more in the stock market only because I know it more and I have more confidence in myself there. So so yeah, to answer the question.
0: Well, I think we're pretty well set up, Eric, for what you wanted to do, which is basically setting up a situation where Mauricio and Richie are offering up specific stocks to look into investing. So do you want to set that up, Eric?
2: Yeah, I, this is a, I've, I've had this thought in mind for a while. I want to do like, because we are we, 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 audience, uh, a, lot of, a lot of young people, I think they really enjoy Richie's picks. And I thought, why not do like an old school, new school SmackDown, where obviously, Richie, you're the old school. I um, am. I'm old school than you. Mauricio. You're, you're new school. Let's pick three picks or two picks that okay. you like. Richie, you do yours. We'll mark it. I got the Bloomberg right in front of me. We'll you, know, mark you, it. Got you got a pen? You got a pen? I got everything
1: ready to go. We can check back in a month's time or what have you. Or we, or we can you know, email each other saying Correct. we changed the positions because of something happening. Or What kind of investment horizon?
3: Like a year, a couple of months? Because that matters. Right? Yeah. yeah.
1: I think we tried for the first time around. Probably let's let's shoot for like a, a one month or two month time horizon. What's going to okay. do the best in a month or two? People want to know like what's going to happen to the
2: stock market. It's New yeah. Year's Eve. It's twenty twenty one. Is it going to be going up, down, sideways? What happened? Aaron has his um, his Hector Salamanca bell. So maybe yeah, you use that like you know we'll hit that to, to start and then we'll when <laughs> so let's go, Mauricio. Let's go with you. Okay. You said three, man. I had,
3: I had like seven or eight pigs, but okay. Uh, Save them for (laughs) later,
1: but we can make this recurring. All
3: right. What my favorite pig right now for sure is ASML. And this is really uh, a leader in EUV lithography, which is, which is chip technology. And it's, it is probably the latest. Um, These guys went ahead and and started investing in this technology about five years ago um, uh, when nobody else would take the risk and now it's paying off. And so
2: ASML is definitely one of them that's a deposit that's an adr that asml us it's a, a dutch company i think oh it is a dutch company yeah yeah right. but no,
3: you can buy it they, they
2: have adrs you can
3: trade it yeah they have, have an adr somewhere oh, um.
0: <laughs> what, what's an adr <laughs> ah!
3: <laughs> american depository receipt um sort of for the ability for these uh foreign stocks to trade in the u.s markets. Um,
1: okay. under, sometimes, sometimes the, the foreign companies don't want to necessarily list their their company on a foreign exchange, um, but okay. they will do these what are called American deposit receipts. Okay. doke. Okay. Receipts that will um, track the stock. So, you, so people who don't feel comfortable outside of their country investing can still invest. Gotcha. Yeah. in the
0: U.S. So why currently? do you like ASML, Mauricio? Um, it, it's it's
3: basically uh, a monopoly, and so you know it, it, it's it's got a lot of valuation, but I think it's justified because they really have no competition in the space. Um, they, you know, their main um, customers are TSMC, uh, Samsung, Intel, and and so you. I mean, at the end of the day, there, there's really no one that can compare with them. So as, as long as technology continues to move forward, which which obviously I think it will, and and I think technology. Uh, Will continue to perform and be um, really the industry that generates the most alpha, then then I think ASML will continue to do really well.
2: It'll spot you there at $488.31. All right.
1: I wrote it down. I have a pen. Pricey. Being old school, I have a pen, man. All right. I should have an eraser, too. All
2: right. Number two, Mauricio. Number two.
3: I'm going to go with consumer discretionary in the luxury sector. I'm going to go with Caring, also a foreign stock. Um, I I do think there's an ADR out there too. What's the ticker? This is the this is the you just say Caring like Inc. B P R U Y is the ADR.
1: B P R U Y.
3: And uh, this is just based on the idea that something is taking place, obviously, around the world. not just in the U.S., but as we're seeing this divide, the poor get poorer and the rich get richer. Um, You know, the the, the rich are essentially becoming more and more, uh, I guess, uh, they're no longer impacted by a lot of the losses taking place, you know, not just in terms of how it's affecting people economically, but also... Mentally and, and physically and you name it. So I think, you know, a luxury space continues to do well because rich people uh, will continue to, you know, buy the things that they like, especially during a time where social media has really pushed this narrative that people like to show off and people have to be showing you, uh, you know, the, the the brand loyalty that they have to Gucci and stuff like that. Another note Gucci is also really uh, leading, I think, the drive of this ESG movement where you know they're really uh, all about advertising, you know, for the kind of like the new millennials where you know it's all about diversity, it's all about gender fluidity. Cool, and then the last one I'm gonna go with Netflix. Um, ah, uh, nice. yeah, okay. So, so, look, given where we are, I think it's. it's Look, I, I I'm the first to admit that that you know I am a old school fundamentalist, but at the same time, I've realized that we're we're sort of in this period where we need to take into consideration uh, you know where growth is taking place. And uh, I think what's happening with Netflix is if you've seen Hollywood, uh, transition completely in a few months what should have taken maybe one to two or three years and that is movie theaters are dying right you know? and 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 everything is moving to this subscription based watch from home kind of model and Netflix is the leader of it I mean if you go on Netflix right now I mean it's got every category every every type of show comedy music whatever it is you want to watch it's there
0: they just uh-huh. took away the office from me and that's the show that i watched to fall asleep so <laughs> kind of down on them they also took away dexter from me so not very that's happy good. with netflix right now
3: <laughs> No, that one hurts um, I think uh, the other thing I see is, look, we have another wave of lockdowns coming. Um, I think this mutation taking place with, um, the, with, with the COVID strain is scaring people as well. So I think we are going to be sort of still in this same uh, phase where people are staying at home for a longer time. So people are working from home. And I think Netflix will continue to provide um, user growth.
0: There, on that note, though, there's a lot more competition. This is something I can actually speak mm-hmm. to. I mean, Disney Plus is a major player in the game. There's streaming wars. It's basically a gold rush for content right now. You know, so there's a lot more players in the market. So you still think that Netflix is strong and there's room to grow there?
3: Well, I definitely agree that Disney is coming. I think HBO Max is also coming. Right. Um, I think that there's room for all of them to thrive. Given the environment, I, you know, I would even consider, I would buy Disney and Netflix. So, so I, I do believe that that when that rivalry really intensifies. I think it's going to be maybe later down the road when people start going out more and are no longer just watching TV. Because for the most part, I do believe that people are buying both subscriptions. I mean, most people I know have Netflix and Disney and HBO Max. And so if you're cutting your cable where you were paying, I don't know, $100 or your satellite or your DirecTV, whatever it is, and suddenly you're choosing from a few subscriptions where they're $9, $10, $15, suddenly, you know, it it seems a lot cheaper. And it's like, why not
2: have all of them?
0: Might as well just keep cable. We are stupid people. (laughs) (laughs) All
2: All right. right. I spotted you on Netflix at $542.82 per share. Wow. And you said three, right? Right. Real
0: quick, what was the second one? The ticker again? I I didn't get that one. PPRUY. PPRUY. Okay. That's fine. Cool. You got a mark
2: on that one? Kierrig, US equity. Yes, we're going to mark you at 72 and 80. So $72.80. <laughs> All right, now our returning champion. Richie <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <vote>. <laughs> Uh So I think I, I have the theme of still a chance for. Recovery meaning I'm going against some of these things that have gone up a lot in the last six months, nine months, a year, and I'm going with some of the ones that have gotten beaten up. The first one, and I've already put this trade on myself uh, last week, and it's I'm still happy to keep the position and let it grow. Is I have shorted. So now I'm betting that the price is going to drop, and it has been on Zoom, a popular item for many. ZM is the ticker, Zebra Master.
2: Where is that now, Eric? That is $344.95. $344.95. $344.95. Market. So the, the, the idea there is.
1: Warren Buffett loves to talk about businesses that have a moat, right? So it's tough to get to the castle if you got a moat. Every time Dick and Harry seems to have a streaming service or a video service these days, and Zoom doesn't make any money on it, unless you go all past 45 minutes. So, unannounced yesterday, Mr. Hodges, up in the top left, sends out a link (laughs) with his call. And it says... This is going to be on StreamYard. It's like Zoom, but better. You're right. And I went, that's
2: how. Right. Right <laughs> yeah, I, I, bought, I bought a Zoom subscription I know. for the show. And you already fucked me. I already shortened it. <laughs> and now what? Richie's shorting Can you get out of it? Can you get out of it? <laughs> Did you buy the monthly subscription or the yearly? A year? I didn't. I didn't know there was anything besides Zoom. Well, <laughs> well Microsoft has one. I know. I'm just kidding.
0: There's a lot of and things that are popping up. I mean, StreamYard is not the the end all be all either. There's a lot of things like this no, and, too. And, and
2: screen, Richie, while, while you've been talking, the, the stock's up 25 cents. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and you know
1: the, the the guy who runs Zoom, he's been awesome, right? He's the guy who's gotten like the most pub, the most. You know, and the stock is flown, but it's just kind of like fundamentally, I'm like, nah, bro, like they don't make any money. Like this is ridiculous. So if and obviously if there is a recovery and people want to go outside, the last thing you want to do is get on a damn Zoom call. Right. You want to like see your friends and hang out. Yeah. <clears throat> so number two would be uh, purchase. Now, this is just kind of out of it. I was just looking I, I haven't done this yet, but I will on this call after this call, is Gilead Sciences. G-I-L-D is the ticker. So they've kind of like been left in the dust because they don't have a magic uh, vaccine. But they have many magical other things. And they make tons of money. And their stock is down like, I don't know, 50% this year. And it just keeps going down. But I think there is some... There's been some big merger activity in not in the not too rec- recent past. Bristol Myers Squibb bought Celgene, which are two massive pharmaceutical companies. Again, both places don't really have what's on everybody's mind right now, a vaccine for COVID, but they got lots of other stuff and they make lots of money. And I always look for that. So I'm going to go with Gilead right after this, and I've gotten beat on Gilead before, so I sometimes I put these on like a bad list and like stay away from that. I'm like it's bad luck, but I'm going to give it one more try. <laughs> Julia. We got that one at 5708. 5708. I'm writing it down
3: with my pen. Yeah, that stock didn't do me well, and I never, I, I never forgave it, never gave it another chance. Yeah, time. See, I get personal sometimes.
1: <laughs> and then one of my favorite funny songs from the 70s prompted me on this one today. It's from 1976. It's called Junk Food Junkie by Larry Grocci. G R O C E. You should definitely listen to it.
0: Junk food,
1: Larry. Larry Groci. Oh, junk Groce. Oh, G R O C E. The singer.
0: All
1: right. And he's a Southern fella, and the refrain is, "In the daytime, I'm a natural, as healthy as can be, but at nighttime, I'm a junkie, a junk food junkie." And he goes through many, many products, and it's hysterical. The song is hysterical. So we've been on snacks That led me me to Sprouts Food Market Sam Frank Mary Is the ticker (laughs) That is the I guess a rival Have I been in the store yet? No but I will That is a rival to Whole Foods I would imagine Uh uh, Owned now by Amazon And getting Amazon obviously giving Whole Foods A lot of press I have the Prime thing on Amazon, like at Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving time, they were offering like prime members, like two dollar pound turkeys at Whole Foods. You know, they'll send some deals. They, they um, set you up as a prime member. If you order from Whole Foods, they promise free delivery within two hours. Pretty cool stuff. But I would think that Sprout would someday, some way come with the same idea. And that stock, again, has gotten battered pretty badly because I think people don't either know about it or go to it. But they again, they they make dough. They like they're making money, like they make real money on organic foods and stuff. So I'm gonna have to go in. Maybe I'll go in after this, buy some uh, organic food.
2: Maybe not All eat right. it, but buy. It. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got that one spotted at nineteen dollars and eighty seven cents. It was a good year.
1: It was, it was a good year. <laughs> October, October eighty seven wasn't so good. That's true.
2: All right, so. Guys, all right, so we got, all right, so just to re- recap, we got Mauricio, New School, ASML, P-P-R-U-Y, and I'm sorry, I'm screwing up the, kids the, the, Kerrig, and ASML is just ASML, right? That's their? Yeah, yeah, that is correct. Okay, good, I just want to make sure. Um, and then we had Netflix. And Richie, Old School, we're, we've shorted Zoom, we're Long Gilead. And we're long Sprouts Farmer's Market. That's it. Stay tuned. We, we, we have the levels. Stay tuned to see who wins. And I guess that should be a wrap. I just want to say one thing. This is for our, my dear friend and partner, Richie, that since our last show, the New York football Jets have won two games <laughs> in a row. In a row. Against two teams that... Definitely
1: have playoff uh, chances, right? Yeah. So I will finish that with one little tidbit because I am a member of the Jets Club of Palm Beach, Florida. And we go to a place called the Beef and Ale. I'll give them a plug. They'll sponsor our show someday. But I'll give them a free plug. The Beef and Ale starts out is a Jets bar. So on Sundays, they play on four televisions of the 12 televisions they have, Jet games. And the sound... At the bar is a jet game. So you can imagine first game, everybody's excited. New Year, 50 people show up. Big deal, like waiting for drinks, waiting for food, waiting. Sunday, there were six of us. <laughs> the crowd has dwindled. Well, to be, to be fair, Jets. probably
0: 50 of them died, but.
1: You know, yeah, maybe. <laughs> or they don't watch football anymore because the Jets are so bad. So. This one fellow who is loud—he's very loud—at about twelve fifty-seven p.m., three minutes before kickoff, screams, screams. I'm tired of this bullshit tanking games every couple years, so we can rebuild, and we have to do the same shit again. Let's win! And it was almost like when uh, when when Adrian told Rocky in the bed, "You when can't covered- win." Win and then, and then, uh, what's his name, Mickey? The trainer goes, Then what the hell are we waiting for? <laughs> everybody in this, have you ever watched that movie in a the theater? Everybody gets up and jumps. So, of course, we all jumped like crazy. And it was as if, it was as if the Jets were like playing the Super Bowl, like we're screaming on every play, Come on, nobody left, you know. And people are walking through. Can you imagine not being a Jet fan and walking through and watching that and being like, Jesus Christ, like. <laughs> like, really? Does it matter? So now we play the nemesis Patriots on Sunday, who have yeah. their own issues. Yeah. We're beating our asses forever and ever and ever. Okay. we're going to win that game.
0: I hope so. I mean, the Bills handed them their ass, and that felt pretty good the other night. So, but I mean, now, that's And a- then one final point: I do have a five-dollar
1: Mark Sanchez T-shirt from when he was the quarterback in '09 and '10. So- I bought this T-shirt for five dollars three years ago four years ago. People would laugh at me for wearing that. Sanchez! Ugh. Now people don't laugh so much because I go, hey, remember when he was on the team and we almost went to the Super Bowl That's twice? the
0: last time they were good.
1: Yes, yes. So nobody laughs anymore. That's not a joke. However, it was I have two shirts, one with the Sanchez name on the back and the Jets emblem and one just plain Jets. So on the, the, the week before the Rams game Whoever they lost to, they lost the Raiders. I think they lost the Raiders. Raiders. I wore, I switched, I switched the shirt to the Jets thing, and then I said, "You know what? I'm going to keep wearing this Jets shirt with no name on the back." Now I've worn it three weeks. The Jets are two and one as I wear that shirt. <laughs> Sunday I will be wearing that shirt, and it's not washed. It is not. Wa- I will not watch that. I
0: th- it's working, obviously. I mean, between you yeah, and right. the guy at the bar, like that's just the spark yeah. that they needed. I don't think this warrants any more discussion after I say this, but there's only one New York team playing for a division title this week.
1: You are correct. Oh, well.
0: And we don't need to talk about it any further than that.
1: <laughs> and they're getting fans. They're getting fans. The governor said that they can have sixty seven hundred people.
0: Is hey, that right? Hey, we're, saying, we're, playing we're, the, we're playing the Cowboys. Hold on, on, hold, um, on hold on, hold on. on. You're talking can, about the Bills. Yeah. I'm you know, talking, you know. talking talk about the Giants.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the real right, here's, team. Here's my prediction. Because this is twenty twenty, and I said this month at least a month and a half ago. I said someone is gonna win that horrible division, like with a six and ten record. There you go. That team is going to the Super Bowl. Because <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty, it makes absolutely no sense. But either the either the Redskins or the Giants are going to win that division. Oh, sorry, the football team, and they are going to shock the world and go to the Super Bowl, and, and then ruin the Super Bowl completely by like losing like like the like the Patriots did to the uh, to the, the, the Bears all those years. You're like fifty, like some horrible score. And so they will they will do it and then completely ruin the Super Bowl for everybody but at home fans.
0: The only team in that division that I think could potentially do anything in the playoffs, and it hurts me to say it because it's not the Giants, but it's the Eagles just because of them uh, just changing the quarterback. And, you know, they could ride that momentum. It's a different team in a sense. So, well,
2: Let's hope they take care of the skins. Uh. <laughs> I hope but- so. I hope so. We're going to the playoffs.
0: <laughs> I, I would love to see the Giants against. Uh, I don't even know who they would face. Maybe the Bills. Are uh, not the Bills. They're... No, they play. Uh,
1: yeah. They play like New Orleans or Green Bay. Oh, God.
0: Right. Like they. They don't have a shot against either team. Yeah. But uh, you know, it still would be fun just to have a six and ten yeah. team in the playoffs. Oh, fantastic. This was a fun show. Great discussion. And Mauricio, thank you so much for joining us, man. It was uh, interesting to talk about cryptocurrency a little bit, too. And uh, I'm rooting for you to, to beat Richie, to be honest with you. I, I don't know. I just, just think it would be more thank fun you. for you to win. For sure. I'm going to be
1: awesome out. as if we both, like, killed it. Yeah. Well, we that's we good, too. Yeah. It was, like, really
2: close, but we were both winning.
0: That Yeah, let's go for that. I like that. I've, I've, I've put money on at
2: least... Probably 80% of Richie's picks already. And they, I mean, they've done everything, so I'm great. The one thing I didn't do, I, I, I didn't short Tesla because I, I didn't have a, a marsh account. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> you didn't have really the guts. Time, eh?
0: <laughs> happy New Year to everybody listening and happy New, happy New Year to you guys. And we'll be back again soon.